Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. This podcast will be published every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Steve rwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Good evening. Today we're going to be doing something different and we, uh, than we have before. So I would like for uh, Frank to lead us in a word of prayer as we do this different thing that we've never done before at this Bible study time. Thank you, Dr. Fred. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this podcast, oh Lord. I pray that that, uh, it's heard, oh Father. I pray that the people hear it. You open their ears and open their hearts to you, oh Father. Give us that grace, oh Father, to to speak your words, not ours. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I have... Sally, and she is going to give a testimony, but she had just written it down. And so I'm going to read what she says, and uh, although she's not here at this point. I trusted Jesus. She, she writes this. I trusted Jesus when I was nine years old, and one day I became afraid, a really terrified, maybe I would die and go to hell or something because I'm not perfect. So I get out of the bed. Mother was reading the Bible. I told her of my fear. And she smiled and hugged me. Then she turned to John 10, 28 in the Bible. That night with my mother is one of the most memorable things in my life. I've never at this point ever knew, oh, am I going to hell? No, I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. And since that evening, oh, I have never worried about losing my salvation or losing God in my life. These words of God has helped me so much through life. John 10, 27 through 23 is what my mother read to me and showed me in the Word of God. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And then I was talking to Will at church on Sunday, and he said, you know, when I met the Lord, he said, I, uh, it was a song. And, and Will is such a man of God, what a voice does he have, and he loves music. And so Michelle Pilar, she was the one who was singing, and here's the song, he wrote it down. There he was with his arms open wide, cut and bleeding side, each drop filled with love and freedom. Freedom for you and me. Thank God for Calvary. 
I want to live to see the man who died for me, Jesus, Jesus. And Will told me that's when he met the Lord in his life personally. Isn't that wonderful that even in the song that can happen? My brother Frank, and here I want to read the scripture today, and it is found in Ephesians 4, the first and second and third verses. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all holiness and meekness, with long suffering forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So that's the scripture today, and we're going to have uh, several of our people give testimonies, and I think it's going to be quite interesting. First of all, we'll have Frank, and Frank is our producer of our uh, podcast, and he has a testimony. Thank you, Dr. Fred. And um, to my understanding, we have to talk about um, calling from, from God. The only thing that really comes to my mind, uh, it came to me right away, is my, uh, my mission trip to Haiti. That was in 2017. Uh, I was a member of the church in Wisconsin. We had a member, Paul Elbing. He was an emergency room uh, doctor, and Dr. Paul always went to, uh, to Haiti about once or twice a year. He did that for years. He, had, uh, he was with uh, the Community Health Initiative, Haiti, or CHI, and that basically was a bunch of doctors. They would go down there. They would uh, have their services, you know, help the people out medically. And um, so Dr. Paul came to me and asked if he could take some of our people to Haiti. So basically, um, you know, Dr. Paul's been doing it for years, and I figured, okay, it's a safe enough trip, but I was the missions um, elder at the church, and I really didn't feel like I needed to go. So uh, I helped with the logistics of it. Uh, I work with uh, CHI logistics people, and uh, yeah, we had, actually, we had five high school girls, one high school boy, and a couple uh, members going with Doc Elbing. To, to Haiti. And we had was supposed to have one other elder going that was daughter was going too, but at the last moment he backed out. Um, I never had wanted to go to Haiti. Uh, just, you know, I don't know if anybody knows about it, but it's a pretty, um, just a place I wouldn't want to visit, you know, so. But anyway, I went through the logistics part of it because uh, part of my job, because I was still working at the time, was um, was a compliance officer for Bosch and exports and imports. So I kind of knew the, the, the import and export rules and regulations. And Haiti was kind of a tricky uh, location. But I work with CHI's logistic people, and uh, we had a couple problems, but we solved everything, and everything was about ready to go. So as we took off, at the very last moment, uh, the elder, one of the elders that was going to go, couldn't go, and uh, the church asked me if I would go. Um, I didn't want to, but um, I said, okay, you know, why not? 
So, and one of the reasons I didn't want to go, because this was a medical thing. This, this is a bunch of doctors and nurses. Okay, we was going to assist the doctors and nurses, but this wasn't, you know, a religious type mission. So, what had happened, we flew out there, and uh, sure enough, there was probably, oh, I would say, maybe 20 doctors and nurses from all over the United States was there. And those guys, you know, they did a good job. We, we worked. It was hot. I mean, we, we put out medications, and we did everything you could think of. And these people just lined up in the hot sun waiting to come in, and we did. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot of work. But then again, when the, when the work was done, there was a lot of playing with the doctors because they worked hard, they played harder. But the reason I feel like I was called there, there was one lady, one nurse there. She was a Mormon from Salt Lake. I can't think of her name right now, but she seemed like she always wanted to talk to me about something, and I just kind of stayed away from her. You know, uh, I, I just, you know, I was my my focus was, you know, our people. Our focus was making sure everything was okay and and just getting the job done and just security and all that things. Because we had some minors there too, which I didn't really approve of. But anyway. It seemed like every time I turned around, this lady was asking me questions. She asked me if I was a pastor, and and, and really, you know, I told her no. I'm a, I'm an elder, and I kind of I kind of you know need to say I kind of blew her off, and because uh, I was always busy with something else, I just wanted to get it done and get home, get it get it over with. But you know, it turned out as the days went on, we had some sick people because Haiti is not that you know a healthy place to be, and. We had some girls get sick, and we had to deal with that. And, you know, we bonded together really nicely. But the reason I think I was called there, because that one lady that always seemed to be in my face all the time, because when I flew out, I flew out separately than everybody else because I was the last minute. I arranged my own flight and everything. Everybody else came in a group, and I didn't. Well, these other doctors and nurses, these flying out on their own, they did their own thing. Well, I got to Port-au-Prince, the airport there in Haiti, and I was by myself, and I was going to fly back to, I can't remember where I was going at the time, to make a connection flight. And sure enough, that lady was sitting right next to me. The only lady from the trip was sitting right next to me on the plane. And we talked about God. And uh, I think that was the reason I was there. My total reason, even though I was like Jonah in the well, I think that uh, that lady, because she wasn't happy as a Mormon, she was stuck into the Mormon and her... Her husband was a Mormon and all that. I don't know exactly what happens to Mormons or whatnot, but uh, she had a real issue with it. So we talked about Jesus. And uh, I still think to this day that's the only reason I went there, the only reason God selected me to go there. I'm not all that, but I'm just saying that was for that lady. But I did. Uh, I had a good time with, with, with the girls and the, and the boy, uh, with people, with the doctors, I mean, it turned out to be a blessed trip, and I'm hoping that the doctors, you know, seen some of Jesus in us, too. So, yeah, that's my story. Well, second is Penny, his wife, and what a blessing she is. All right, Penny. Hello, this is Penny. So the question is, have you ever felt called by God to, to do something? Well, anyways, I would have to say yes for sure in 2011. Uh, the church I was attending, they had a missions trip going to Africa and was trying to get, you know, see how many people were interested in going. And anyways, uh, as soon as I kind of thought about it, it's like I had this, uh, this strong desire to go. And uh, it was like 
yes, I had to go. That was the feeling that I just really had to go. And, uh, yeah, I don't like to fly. I don't, you know, I had to get a bunch of shots. I think like eight or nine shots. And uh, none of that sounded appealing to me, but yet there was this drive to go. So I went ahead and did the shots, and I knew the flight was going to be long, and I, but yet there's still that drive, like, I got to go, I got to go. So, so I went. And um, seen a lot of different things. Uh, definitely was in the, in the moment. Um, just everything that we encountered and seen and the different smells and just everything. Um, one story I'm going to share is our, our trip to St. Jude's Hospital. Uh, a lot of uh, children there, that, a lot of needs there. And um, this one little, I didn't realize he was a boy. Yeah, but uh, I seen this person, I thought maybe it was a lady sitting on the ground and their arms and legs were totally twisted up. And I remember thinking, oh Lord, I can't deal with that. <laughs> um, so I, anyways, I was walking past with a little girl, walking past her, and I know many people have walked past her that was on the mission trip with us. But uh, anyways, as I was walking past, I remember thinking that thought in my head, like, Lord, I can't deal with this. And as I turned around and was coming back, I heard a, hey, you. And I thought, no, Lord. And then I heard it again, hey, you. I turned around slowly. I'm like, are you talking to me? And sure enough, he was. And, uh, but the funny thing is, is when I knelt down to look in his face, it was like, it all changed. I know he was just the most beautiful thing that I think I ever seen. I was just blown away by that. But uh, anyway, so that was just something I want to share. I just felt like um, you know it's a trip for us to go and share the love of Christ. But then again, I also felt that the Lord was teaching me a lot on the trip and doing a deep work in me. And uh, yeah, another thing that stood out. I mean, there was many things, but I'm just sharing a few things. Um, Another thing that I've seen with the people, always had such a, a beautiful smile on their face. And just the little things that they had, it seemed like they were so appreciative of the little things that they had. And that's another thing that kind of stuck with me. So anyways, that's my story, I guess. That's all I have to say. And then my wife, Marlene, she has a testimony. And, and I want her to give her testimony at this time. Good evening. This is Marlene Minton. And I'm so delighted to be here. I wanted to express and tell you how I came to know about the Lord Jesus Christ on a personal relationship. I had been brought up in Britain, in Scotland, and we do not talk about personal relationships. So I didn't know that you had to give yourself to Christ personally. And when people ask me, as they do in Texas, have you been saved? And as I had been brought up in the church and was considered a nice girl and all of those things, doing what you're supposed to do, I said yes, because I knew the Bible, I knew who God was, and I knew Jesus Christ was his son. But I did not know that you had to personally give your heart and your life to Christ. And one day when I had a business, a clinic, and I was moving into the medical center, and telephone rang. It was a lady, and I knew this was from the Lord. She was the wife of a pastor of the Brethren Church, and I told her I'm moving, and she said, that's all right, I want to come anyway. I want to make an appointment to come and see you today. So in she came, 
and um, we started talking about her, her life and she asked me also if I knew Christ personally and I told her my background and everything and what I believed and she said do you know how you will go to heaven? I said well because I do all the things that I think I'm supposed to do and I love the Lord and she said have you made a personal commitment to him? And I really didn't know what she was talking about. So she explained everything to me, that I had to give my heart and my life to Christ and confess my sin, which I did. And I followed suit because, of course, I wanted to be with the Lord in, in heaven. And so after I had um, accepted Christ, I felt absolutely wonderful. So I went home that night and I was telling everyone about it and something happened and I thought, uh-oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. And I, I became anxious in the night. So in the morning, I called Joyce and said, I don't think I'm saved. I did whatever it was I did. I can't even remember now. And so I shouldn't do that. And so am I still saved? And she said, Marlene, you believe God, don't you, what he says? And I said, of course. Well, didn't he tell you? If you confess your sin, give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, you will be with him in heaven. One day, I said, yes, then you will be with him. You are saved. You belong to him now. I wanted to share this because there are many people in Europe, in Britain, that do not know the final step of giving your heart to the Lord. And so if it's explained, it isn't a problem. But somebody has to tell them, and this is my mission, to tell everyone in the simplest way how to come to Christ. And I thank you for this opportunity. Goodbye. My brother Frank is uh, a theologian Baptist preacher. So I called him and asked him, what is Paul saying here? He was a prisoner of the Lord. Frank said many things, but I liked his first response. I think, Fred, it means no escape. Now think about that for a moment. No escape. And I, I tell you, it's wonderful that as Shelley said, you're in the palm of God's hand, and no one can take it away from us. When I was playing professional baseball, we had, uh, in those days, what they call scullies. Now they have helmets that when you go up to bat the ball, from, and the pitcher throws the ball, and you got a helmet on if it happened to be a wild pitch and hit you in the head. But back in our days, they just had a scully thing. And I noticed on that scully, there it was, a, a place there. And so I was memorizing the Word of God. I was 20 years old. And so I put the scriptures into the hat. And I, this, the scriptures that I read was what we had read there. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation 
wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. That was the scripture I was trying to memorize. I didn't do too well on it because that's kind of difficult for me then. So, but one day I was out in Central Field and we had a, a green fence and there was a knot hole back there and I heard my name and I could, well, I look at the left fielder? No. I looked at my right fielder? No, I was a center fielder. They didn't call my name. And I, then I realized someone behind that fence was calling my name. So I went back there. And sure enough, there was, as I peered into that knot hole, there was an eye on the other side. I couldn't believe it. And so I said, hello, you called me. He said, yes. And he began to tell me how many times. He said, I'm a poor man. I can't afford to go to the game. So I watched it through this knot hole. I said, well, that's great. Well, I began to talk to him uh, for several days. And every time that we were in the home field there, I'd go out to the knot hole and there was this man. And I began one day to talk to him about the Lord. And I said, why don't you go to church? There's, and there's a Baptist church over there. Uh, and why don't you go? No, he was not interested. But we kept talking. And finally, one day in August, and he's, I talked to him and, and when I got back. And he said, I want to tell you something, Fred. He said, I went to that Baptist church and I want you to know I accepted Jesus as my Savior. <laughs> yes, he had one eye, but he had one soul too. So his soul is saved by Jesus. And one day, the time will come, I'll meet him in heaven, there's no doubt. So I just wanted to share it with you, this scripture. And thank God for the men and women who know the truth, because the truth will make us free. And so that's it today. And God bless you. And thank you for all the testimonies that we've heard today. Freedom, freedom for 
God for Calvary I want to live to see the man who died for me Jesus So I told him everything Even what I wanted to hide And that I wanted to die I felt so worthless I'd heard of grace and mercy But how could he still love me When I'd done nothing for him Except live my life in sin And just when I was turning back I knew I couldn't make it I cried, Jesus, please, Jesus, save me And Each drop full of love and freedom Freedom for you and me Thank God for Calvary I want to live to see the man who died for me Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com.
Thank you, and God bless.